Welcome to the podcast station where we share exciting stories, interesting facts, lots of laughter, and lots of hope as we talk about caring for our human bodies in the 21st century. We have one ultimate goal, and that is to help you develop a newfound perspective and sense of appreciation for the incredible human body that you're living in. If you would like to join us for more educational courses or professional certifications, see us online at www.holistichealtheducators.com. Great to have you with us. Welcome. Welcome to our podcast on hormones. Ta-da! <laughs> so hormones and neurotransmitters, we talk about them both a lot. They're chemical messengers in the body. Um, um, today, we're actually just going to be dialing in specifically on a few hormones that we really like talking about and presenting on that are really relevant to topics people care about in the summer, which is uh, losing weight and getting tan and sleeping well and, and having a healthy sex drive. I mean, I believe we have it all year round, but they're hot topics with the summer coming up. And so we'll be focusing on a few specific hormones today, but both hormones and neurotransmitters are the chemical messengers in the body. There's a lot of interplay there and it is very empowering to understand what regulates these regulatory molecules in the body they each have a very uh real measurable effect on our body's physiological processes and so understanding our hormones is like a fast track hack to achieving all of our health goals because if we can help control who's in control of our body then we have a lot more influence on that on our health outcomes and for those of you who have had like blood work done or you use the AO scanner, you're going to recognize some of these words. And then this might be able to help you understand, oh, why is that person high in leptin? Oh, there's a leptin resistance. Or why is that person not able to X, Y, and Z? So we're excited to share this with you today. Um, and for I think just for those who are basic, um, who have like, this is new to somebody, I want to just explain that there is an endocrine system um, and that controls the hormones, right? So hormones are simply chemical messenger messengers and they're made by endocrine glands. And so so endocrine glands are throughout the body and they make these chemicals and that trigger processes in the body. So some of the basic endocrine glands are going to be the hypothalamus and the pituitary. Hypothalamus is kind of in charge of everything, even though the pituitary gets named the master gland. The hypothalamus kind of just look at it as the big boss and he's got the keys to the concert hall. But the pituitary is in charge of all of the people who come into the music hall, the ones who perform, the ones who clean the bathrooms, the ones who are in charge of the food, right? And so the pituitary is called the master gland, even though the hypothalamus tells it what to do and gives it its paycheck. And so the pituitary gland is that, that master gland. And the pituitary gland actually makes hormones and messengers, messengers that trigger all the other glands. So the pineal gland makes melatonin and that helps you fall asleep, um, helps you regulate weight, helps with many, many things. Um, the other endocrine glands would be the thyroid, right? The thyroid makes a thyroid stimulating hormone needing T4. The parathyroids, which are in the corners of the thyroid, are called, that's called the parathyroid gland. That's a hormone, parathyroid hormone. And um, you have the, you have a thymus, which also is very important um, in the body. You are familiar with the insulin that comes from the stomach. And some people don't pancreas. throw that, the pancreas, sorry. Uh, the insulin comes from this, from the pancreas, but actually on that note, nope, that's no transmitter, um, histamine in the stomach. It's part, and people don't put the stomach into the, hist into the um, nervous system. And I'm like, well, they should be. But anyhow, um, so back to the hormones again. 
your reproductive system has hormones, um, depending on your male or female, but you're familiar with those hormones that come ovaries as well, the testes. ovaries, the testes, right? But, um, and then surprisingly enough, part of the endocrine system is actually your fat cells. I know something new and something exciting, but your fat cells uh, are actually the adipose tissue, adipose tissue, that's what creates leptin. And so you actually even can look at your fat cells and go, wow, you're part of my endocrine system. So there's just a very basic overview of some of the endocrine glands and what they produce. So there you go, endocrine system. And then the nervous system is what makes neurotransmitters and those actually control the endocrine system. So very, before we get into the specifics that we wanna talk about today, I just wanna make sure you understood what the endocrine system was and then the, how the nervous system is actually controls the endocrine system. And so sometimes I'll be working with people who have all these endocrine gland issues and they're on all these medications for different hormones. And I'm like, well, what they need to be fixing is actually the nervous, the nervous system. system. Yeah. You know, so. <laughs> It is. It's both the messages that um, the, the, these endocrine glands are getting from the nervous system, as well as the messages they're getting from the contents of your bloodstream. So Absolutely. the contents of your bloodstream are your body's in this continual feedback loop where mm -hmm. your hormones are regulatory agents. They want to keep you hydrated. They want to keep you well rested. They want to make sure you have enough food to keep you alive, but not so much that you're over consuming and compromising the health of your, your body. And so it's constantly trying to keep you in a state of homeostasis. So if you're just sitting at home all alone and you feel like saying a big word, just say homeostasis. <laughs> it's just, it's a great word to think about because like you, you want to be in a state of balance, you know, where you're like hydrated and not too dehydrated and not overhydrated. And anyway, anyway so we're, we're trying to achieve homeostasis. So when it comes to these, uh, um, uh, the hormones we want to talk about today, and I love that overview of the endocrine system. Oh, so just thank you so very simple. Off the top of red, just like, I'm just going to casually name like nine endocrine glands for you um but really good to know there are uh different hormones that are produced by each of these glands several of these glands produce multiple different hor hormones like for example the pituitary gland she just mm. talked about a, a new hormone i've been studying lately is um msh which is uh, what's melanocyte nice. stimulating hormone and this hormone is respond it, it plays into the mel melatonin in your skin so it plays a role in how tan you get but it also plays a role in, in your sex drive and especially your appetite. So being in the sun is actually an appetite suppressant because mm -hmm. the more MSH that gets stimulated to be produced due to sun exposure, the less, the more your appetite is going to go down and the less hungry you're going to feel. And so we have compiled dun, da, 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 <laughs> the six S's of hormone oh, regulation yay. yeah so we're gonna go over the six s's right now and then just be talking about the different hormones that these um regulatory lifestyle behaviors are related to so actually start but we can it doesn't matter but i do want to make sure those of you who are popping in later we are in san diego so we have a different backdrop this is the backdrop of my son's new home so anyhow just wanted to throw that in there i don't care let's start with sun sunshine number first number uno sunshine Okay, a lot of us have heard that sunlight not only helps regulate our circadian rhythm, but it also helps regulate our energy levels, how well we sleep at night. Actually, those are all related to your circadian rhythm. So we could just say it regulates your circadian rhythm and your circadian rhythm regulates your hormones. So um, the levels of energy you have in the morning, getting sun and getting that blue light in the morning is going to, um, it's going to jumpstart your endocrines and your hormones that help give you energy. And then soft light at night is going to help melatonin, which is the, um, and actually just no light, is going to help what 
all right, internet connection is definitely still good. Okay, um, so helps good. produce melatonin that will help you sleep at night. And so, so just how much sun you're getting in the morning and the midday is huge. Um, getting your UVB light at noon, there was a study that showed that um, just 30 minutes of sun, well, one study showed 13 minutes of sun three times a week is as much as adults in the UK needed who are Caucasian to achieve their uh, vitamin D levels. The darker skin you have, the more time you need in the sun. So that was a specific metric done for Caucasian adults. Um, uh, for African-Americans in a similar region, they need anywhere from 30 minutes to three hours. Sorry, that wouldn't be African-Americans, but um, there's people with darker skin in those areas. And then another study showed 30 minutes of sun a day in uh, Oslo, Norway during the summer was equivalent to 10,000 to 20,000 IUs of vitamin D. And so that would be like the same as taking 10 to 20,000 IUs of vitamin D, just 30 minutes of sun in the summer. Um, so really important for just helping to uh, generate vitamin D. Vitamin D is also a hormone that plays a level in um, energy and hydration and and the health of your organs in general. So the first S of hormone regulation is getting sun. If you're feeling like, oh, I just feel so groggy and I, I feel tired and I just feel off and I don't feel like myself, get in the sun for just 10 to 20 to 30 minutes, um, anywhere in the morning and noon, um, and that'll be a really helpful factor. And might I just jump in there on the sun thing? Because it's super important to realize that UVB rays, right? That's different than the blue lights. And so you, people are wearing blue lights now all day long. Don't be wearing blue light glasses. Blue light. Oh. Blue light. I've had people come in, oh yeah, I wear my blue light glasses all day. I'm like, no, you need the blue light in the morning to stimulate all the hormones. UVB rays from the sun are what make vitamin D in the skin. And so UVB rays are only available to your skin between 10 o'clock and two o'clock during the day. That's when the UVB rays hit this part of the earth. So just putting it out there, yeah. there's a difference there. Okay. Okay. What's number two? Let's talk about number two. Number two is sleep. sleep. <laughs> you can go. No, sleep. Okay. So your body needs to sleep. Our entire body is regulated on this, you know, by the circadian rhythm. And so when we, when the pineal gland makes melatonin and we get ready to fall asleep, it's super important that we actually go to bed. And so people who are up until like midnight or one or two o'clock, right. And they're getting so much done in their hormonal <laughs> system. Sorry, darling. <laughs> and so we need to be getting sleep in order for our hormones to be reset. And so in order to strengthen in your circadian rhythm and get the body clicking in, you know, on the hard drive reset, we actually need to go to bed when the sun sets. And so as close to eight or nine o'clock at night, you can get to sleep, the better you are going to feel. And I'm telling you, it's true. The early to bed, early rise makes a man healthy. Well, woman and man and everything yeah. healthy, wealthy, and wise, right? Anyhow, so super important to look at your sleep schedule. Absolutely. I, I wanted to start looking in, has, does anyone practice like the two-phase sleeping thing where you sleep early at night and then you take a break in like the middle of the night and get up and do stuff and then you go back to bed again for your second sleep cycle? I know, yeah, but I know. a lot of people probably don't know that founding, they have a sleep cycle. Founding fathers did that. I'm I like, there, that. there's a lot of research on this whole two no phase. We'll, we'll talk about that later because I'm going to try it out. If I have a random... Well, first you have to go to bed. Yeah, going to bed early <laughs> is the first step. So, um, Well, real quick while we're on that, I do want to mention that the body's lymphatic system. So you have your lymphatic mm -hmm. system and your glymphatic system. Um, uh, that is a in your brain and it also helps to store memories and long-term memories and it's the most active while you rest and so um getting to bed is very important for memory storage and for um just remembering things and for brain health rejuvenation so another um another excellent uh, thing to just keep in mind just to for extra motivation is like that glymphatic system 
So, well, that's super important because a lot of we I went to college, you went to college, and people just stay up late, study, study, study. When actually they should go to bed. And I'm liking this whole two phase thing for the kids at college. That would be something they could. You know, Iris do. just mentioned here that it's mm -hmm. taught in many meditative traditions. So, Iris, if you um, if you want to mind at the end of this, if you have a word or two speak would love to hear about it well i know that many people get up like at that three to five yes that's when i get triggered I, when i write my book i'd wake up at three and i'd be up for a couple hours i'd write and then i go back to bed again is that what they're doing yes i it didn't is. know it's, it's actually it's a like, system it's a total thing I'm it's so, thing. so now we have our homework assignment yes we do to learn more assignment. but so sleep is the second thing it was really important for me setting hormones all right the third one is going to be sweating oh so yes this can include saunaing or sauntering or in other words <laughs> exercising um uh, now i almost made those two separate things i actually am tempted to make this the seven s's and just include strolling because walking is so good for you a simple walk do you know that just going on a walk after you eat can decrease your blood glucose levels as well as some of the leading diabetic medications just going for a walk and especially going walks before your meals also will help you metabolize your food better going for a walk when you're depressed in the middle of the day and sitting inside and just feeling like a whole world is gloom and doom that's totally been me before this is like a personal story all the time i'm just like whenever i don't feel myself i'm like i just need to go for a walk like walking resets so many things in your body it stimulates different nerves and um it's just a phenomenal hormonal reset but aside from that more vigorous exercise is also amazing to release growth stimulating hormone um, which is going to help in weight loss um and um also play a role in your energy levels um as well as increase your sensitivity to insulin um insulin is a huge hormone that plays a role in weight gain and weight loss i want you all to remember this if you're taking notes right now um uh, insulin when there's insulin present in your bloodstream your body will not burn fat it will not burn fat insulin tells your body to store fat because insulin is released when there's glucose in the bloodstream which is sugar mm -hmm. and your mitochondria it's easier for your mitochondria to burn sugar than it is to burn fat it takes less oxygen it's faster it's more efficient so your mitochondria will favor burning the glucose over the fatty acids so if you you know if there's like a little bit of sugar in your bloodstream and then your body releases insulin why in the world would your body shift into burning fat for energy if there's glucose available because it's mm. so much easier and faster to burn so that's why insulin i like seeing these annoying ads all the time they're not like whatever <laughs> but it's just like the secret hormone that's associated with weight loss and weight gain it's a top secret hormone and i'm like they're probably talking about insulin right now because it's like so it's so associated with everything they're calling all these like normal hormones top secret i'm like this is ever this should be very common knowledge like this should be very common knowledge so yeah. insulin just keep that in mind this is why intermittent fasting is amazing for weight loss and for overall health and especially for hormonal health intermittent fasting because it increases your insulin sensitivity and also helps you just be more fat adaptive so intermittent fasting and decreasing the amount of carbohydrates we eat and processed sugars especially um those things are all great for improving insulin sensitivity and which is going to also lead to increasing how much fat you burn so really right at the same time let's just jump in our leptin so people know what leptin is so what would this section be right now this would be on more mm -hmm. foods than, than superfoods we're gonna come back to we're gonna come back to sweating because exercise can, and sauna is this whole, whole other thing but well we're on food so let's just wrap it up with food. Well, it just makes more sense. It just makes sense. So for those of you who are wondering what leptin is, and oftentimes people will be like, oh my gosh, I have so much leptin. Well, leptin is the satiety hormone made by the fat cells, right? And so when you eat food and you start eating a bit 
food, the body wants to stop eating. So your fat cells are like, okay, I have enough. We have a good amount of storage here. You can stop eating. And then we get full and we don't eat anymore. Except people who eat a lot are always producing leptin. And and because the body's like, okay, stop eating. Okay, stop eating. They're like, no, this tastes really good. I just need a little bit more. This is like amazing. I don't want to stop eating. I'm watching a movie and I want to keep eating or I'm I'm out and I'm nervous. I want to keep eating or just whatever these chemicals are that they put in the this food or addicting, I'm going to eat some more. So the more we eat, the more leptin is in our bloodstream. Well, now you can become leptin resistant, right? Because all you do is eat meat. So people who are obese or gaining weight, often their body keeps making leptin, but they don't hear it anymore. They're, they're hypothalamus is like, keep making leptin, but the whole body is not able to recognize that. And so we go into leptin resistance. And so I wanted to mention that because as you start losing weight, so as you, if you go for your walk, when you're done eating, right you're gonna you're gonna actually have this leptin in the body that starts to leave or you'll have excess leptin and all of a sudden your body might hear it and then you'll um and so that will be happening but um, yeah you'll feel full faster which is awesome but the other thing is the you might lose a lot of leptin very quickly because you're losing your fat cells right which are making more leptin and then you want to eat all the time right because then you have more ghrelin and so you want to find that balance you start to lose weight you're going to recognize that you get hungry 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 you want to you want to munch and you want to munch because now your body is not leptin resistant anymore mm -hmm. and so you're losing the leptin mm -hmm. and so the body just wants to eat all the, the body might feel very hungry nothing's telling it to stop eating does that kind of make sense so very the body exciting. stops stop the body has so much leptin sorry about that you guys i have my legs crossed to hold this study it's very hard on my legs i know um plus i never crossed my legs but anyhow and so that leptin is a super important hormone to recognize so if you're gaining weight because you're leptin resistance and you don't hear your body telling you to stop eating when you start losing all that weight you might start craving a lot of food because you're losing the weight and the fat the cells that were making the leptin and now all of a sudden you're like i'm hungry all the time and then they'll keep gaining weight so getting this leptin balance and leptin receptor sites open to receiving leptin is a really big awareness and just um and then at the same time really makes you want to eat it's what's released right before you eat and so you get all excited right and your your appetite it's like oh you can't wait to eat and so just something you want to be so those are two about. hormones if anyone out there's like i'm going to remember at least six hormones this month there you go it's a fun gulp <laughs> you're gonna have um ghrelin makes you hungry leptin makes you full so that gives you oh. the sensation of full so i always said like your hormones are always playing homeostasis where there's one mm -hmm. there's an opposite like there's always an opposite one's gonna make you hungry one's gonna make you full one's gonna make you thirsty one's gonna make you feel like i'm totally thirsty don't need it anymore like one's um, gonna give you a sex drive one's gonna turn it off yeah one's gonna make you mm -hmm. sleepy one's gonna give you energy and mm -hmm. so that's just like just know this is this beautiful homeostasis equation that we're looking at right now so the two that often go together are, are grayling and leptin so okay really happy you mentioned that so thank you oh, there we go so if you're like oh my gosh how do i regulate my leptin it's just good to be aware of along your process um these six s's absolutely apply to that mm -hmm. um so love love that mentioning so back to exercise and sweating um so any type of exercise is also also really good for resetting hormones um, and along with sweating heat shock proteins and mm. um, just being in a sauna that's also a huge metabolic reset and a huge reset button for your hormones so i'm um, so making a regular practice of, of sauna or sweating and exercising um great reset great reset button on the hormones so those that's the next s s is sweat so okay what's the next one let us know if the connection's all right or not we are trying our best 
support this Wi-Fi. Okay. Um, the next one we'll talk about is superfoods. So uh, superfoods, and just this is also just means nutrition in general. There's a lot of support you can give your endocrine glands with your nutrition. And, and so, um, for example, um, maca root is a superfood that is really helpful for people's adrenal system. And so, um, and you don't need a lot of it. Like a lot of our clients do well with just like a half teaspoon to a teaspoon of maca root. So mm -hmm. it's not one that people are typically taking in tablespoon doses, um, but that's really helpful for the adrenal gland. Adaptogens. I would also put all these different Absolutely. herbal adaptogens and, and medicinal mushrooms. I would also put those under this category of superfoods, which are providing nourishment for the and support for these endocrine glands and tissues. Actually, on that note, you literally can go to any herbalist and find an adaptogenic set of herbs, and that would be amazing for you to start. So if you're like, man, my hormones really are off, I'm going to follow these six S's, and then I'm going to take aptogenic herbs. 100% jump right into it. You can get aptogenic um, herbs and aptogenic herb um, blend or a tincture. That means that these your herbs that will regulate themselves in the body. It can tell, oh, I need to, I need more of this. I need less of that. And the uptake is regulated naturally by the body. So phenomenal suggestion. Excellent. So that's just something you can look up. Like she said, look up superfoods mm -hmm. and herbal adaptogens that help mm -hmm. support your, um, your endocrine glands, um, whether it's for adrenal fatigue or thyroid function, um, or any, any of your hormones, um, aside from like those off some stellar superfoods like borderline medicine foods actually just making sure our nutrition and check plays a huge role too and this is really just going to come back to having hey, that's an end i know it doesn't fit in the s's we got to figure out where it fits <laughs> well selected no it does, it does. Selective right. eating. we came up with it last we forgot that we have it it's called eating. selective eating so mm. what this means is decreasing select good foods <laughs> decreasing the amount of simple sugary carbohydrates if you want to throw hormones off real fast just high sugar american diet it's, we'll do it. Um, but then, so decreasing simple carbs and increasing healthy sources of protein and fat. There are so many studies that show people's hormones do so much better when they have enough healthy protein and healthy fat. So I really make a point to look for all three food groups in my meal, um, unless I'm like doing some type of ketotarian diet, but um, I'll look for like a healthy complex carbohydrate, a healthy fat and a healthy protein. Boom. I just look for all three of those in my meals, whether that's like an eggs, an avocado, and some salsa or a half of an apple, um, you know, or some, some beans on top of a salad mm -hmm. with some olive oil and catamala mm -hmm. olives and avocado, you know, I just, you know, lentil bean tacos. I look at like the lentil beans and quinoa. There's going to be a lot of protein in there um, and some fresh greens and vegetables for my, for some healthy complex carbohydrates and and a homemade salad dressing, just getting in the habit of looking for protein, fats and carbohydrates and healthy sources of those um, really healthy for, for hormone regulation. Okay. And don't forget your hormones are made out of, a lot of them are made out of cholesterol and mm. fats. So you do need to eat like enough healthy fats. Cool. Are you missing one? Yes. There is Two one more. more. There? there is another S. Where are we at? There's sunshine. Sunshine. Stress reduction. Stress reduction. Okay. Amen. Which will automatically help you if you sleep. So sleeping will help stress reduction. Aptogenic herbs will help sleep reduction. All these things help, right? They all work along with one another. Just sun. Sunshine will help with stuff with action. So, but stress I mean, reduction, we're specific, we're going to mm -hmm. emphasize breathing here. Yep. yep, um, yep, yep so yep. 
this is also where even more of your nervous system comes on board with how, like what hormones are being secreted in your body or not. Um, there's like little parts of your, there's neurons in your brain. They can stimulate and it will make you either outraged or completely like, um, excited or relaxed. Like they can go in and stimulate those neurons in your brain and you can just like, wow, like change your emotions, like on a flip of a dime. And so that's just to show how interrelated your nervous system is with your body's reactions. But um, the nervous system, whether or not your body, we hear a lot about parasympathetic mode and sympathetic mode, and your body's actually operating um, under both of those systems. Like um, it's never that one's all the way turned off and one's all the way turned on. The regulatory mechanisms of both of those systems are both working at the same time, but one is typically in dominance over the other, yeah. typically stronger over the other. Other. And so what we're looking at is like these stress reduction techniques that get your body out of fight or flight mode. This could have been what the whole podcast was on because if someone's body next week, we should do that. If someone, it could be about neurotransmitters yeah. Yeah, yeah, and how yeah, neurotransmitters yeah. affect the body. Because seriously, if someone's body's in fight or flight mode, you would not believe what it's telling your body to do mm. and how much that could be contra contradicting your desire to lose weight and to sleep well throughout mm. the night and to um metabolize fat like you really your body really does rely on you being in more of a relaxed state so simple exercises like box breathing nasal breathing and yogic breathing where you like inhale through one nostril hold exhale through the other nostril hold and so um there's a lot of breathing techniques that can all instantly start to reset your body into like a whole new state of and a whole it's like firing your old manager that was stressing everyone in your body out and hiring a new manager that's like all right you guys we got this. We got mm. this. And it's just like, oh, it's like instantly relieving. So structured stress reductions, um, great for great for hormones. We didn't talk about cortisol, but we can anyway, do it in a few minutes. Out of time. We have four minutes left. Talk about cortisol. Okay. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm holding the computer steady. <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot, a lot of us have heard of cortisol, which is is a stress related hormone, and it can be good for you in small doses. So that's why in the beginning we're mm -hmm. talking about hormones. Is do you have a love hate relationship with them? It's like, well, you actually need all of your hormones in a certain mm -hmm. condition. The issue is when these when certain hormones are chronically present in the body, then the short term effects they were supposed to have are now having long-term effects and it can be causing chronic inflammation or chronic resistance to immune functions or um, putting you in a chronic state. So for example, cortisol will purposely downregulate your immune system for a little bit because it's like, we're not worrying about that right now. We have this stressor to, uh, to, uh, to address. But then when you finally start to relax, your immune system often has like an overcompensating period. And then people tend to experience an over um, expression of, of immune system reactions uh, when, when stress levels finally go down. So um, it's just, it's an interesting hormone to study because a lot of things are affected by the body by cortisol and it can be really helpful in small doses. We just don't want chronic levels of cortisol constantly being released in the bloodstream. And if you live in America, well, where your badge of honor is like your kids being involved in three clubs and two sports and you having two jobs and two side hustles and like, you know, all these kids and all these other activities. And just like, we've just so normalized. I know we have people on the call from several different countries, but um, that was my biggest thing I noticed when I started traveling more of the world is like other people would comment to me how busy Americans were. They'd be like, dude, you guys are obsessed with being busy. Like you're so busy. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And this was me like as a 16 year old who was just like 
involved in 20 things and almost having panic attacks at the age of 16. So I was like, man, I really got to learn how to cut back. Anyway, so um, more, on, more on cortisol to come because it's a pretty complex hormone. I'm still studying it, but it's just good to know that there's an ebb and flow. And one of the best things you can do for cortisol levels is to treat those adrenals. The adrenals are, man, you just gotta look at those adrenals as little pumps of the body because they help regulate testosterone, they, norepinephrine, you name it, cortisol. There's so much associated with the adrenals. So just, you can do nothing else except some take some aptogenic herbs, treat those adrenals and follow those six S's. So many miraculous things are gonna happen in your life. Your hormones are gonna help to self-regulate because you don't need something to stimulate every single hormone. That's what these need to come back into homeostasis. And so a lot of people around and they buy something or they go to the health food store, they need something to do something, right? Oh, I've got to take melatonin because I can't fall asleep. Uh -huh. I've got to take this, I've got to do that, right? I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, GTF chromium. It It'll help. It'll help with all the sugars in my bloodstream and help with the insulin. And, da, 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 da. and I'm like, oh, you don't have to go by anything. Most often you can do this on your own by literally following these six steps and maybe taking some aptogenic herbs. Uh -huh. um, because once you put the body Altering in homeostasis, it is. Alter the nutrition, follow these six steps, and you don't you can save your money. You don't have to go buy everything that you're thinking you need to. I guess that's my biggest frustration. And I own health food stores. I liked it when people came in and bought things, but I send people home all the time with maca or with a superfood because I'm much rather you take chia seeds and hemp seeds than buy omega-3s, right? Because they're because they're in your food. So let food be your medicine and medicine be your food is how we're always going to end these um these talks because it's so important to recognize that you don't have to be rich to get healthy. You just don't need to be wealthy, to, to be healthy. Yes. I like that phrase. Don't need to be wealthy to, to be, be healthy. healthy. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Let's do that. Um, so let's review the six S's. So sleep. So wait, let's try to do these in order. Close okay. Sunshine. 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 Um, <laughs> sleep. We did sleep. Sleep. Sauna. So uh, sweating. sweating. Sweating, which can be or exercising strolling. or saunaing or strolling. Yes. And then stress reduction um stress reduction superfoods absolutely superfoods and selective eating we got we got it superfoods and adaptogens we're throwing that in there we kind of we kind of made up the six s's about a half an hour ago so I'm that's really, not true I'm i've been meditating on this for 40. at least an hour and a half but <laughs> okay. no really though i'm happy we're gonna make a sheet if you have any suggestions for things we should change this we're making a sheet for our health coaches to share with their clients so if you have anything else you want to uh throw in there if if they should be seven s's and we make strolling its own thing i i, I vote for seven s's and make strolling its own stuff because <laughs> okay, walks i seriously i can't even how many of you guys walk Raise your hand if you if you're a walker i'm lucky because walking helps a lot oh we have oh, another sugar. suggestion okay we can number do seven a sugar Let's fast do eight the eight steps but that what sugar steps. fasting would go along with selective eating it okay. could be select we'll out select sugar, out sugar. <laughs> it could be it could be skip, skip, the, sugar. skip the sugar i like that yeah, okay that we have a lot of thank so, you for the suggestion Aaron. Yeah, thank love you it, Aaron. Love i appreciate it. that um but let us know what your what your top tips are for hormone regulation and ways that we can all afford to, to help regulate our hormones naturally and stimulate um healthy hormone production naturally that sounds wonderful Give us your feedback, but we absolutely loved having this call with you. And we hope you enjoyed learning more about your hormones today. Um, Excellent. And we are going to end this podcast, but stay on there because we have another little while with you. So here we go. Thank you for joining Thank us. Thank you, everyone. Hey, 
thank you for joining us. I hope you had as much fun as we did. If you would ever like to connect with us in person or live online for webinars, course certifications, events, conferences, parties, go ahead and check out our upcoming event schedule at www.holistichealtheducators.com. We would love to connect with you. We also host weekly live question and answer sessions. Until then, have a spectacular